So thank goodness. I'm very grateful that there are no problems. That would make it really difficult to pretend to have a body in a pretend world. The problems with the body and with the world were actually problems that you need to find separate solutions for. The interesting things about, about perceiving illusions is illusions always contain their opposite. So if you're perceiving a problem, the solution is contained within it. And it's already been solved. So there's nothing for you to turn around in your mind over a perceived problem. The perceived solutions, it might seem like there's several solutions or one solution, they'll just occur and you'll be made to act them out too. Like you don't even have a choice in that. But the, getting the perception of problems, and here's what I notice people do in their sleepiness, is hone in on the problem and focus on it and keep on regurgitating it and get people to realize that this problem is a real problem. So, you know, when you have, uh, when you have someone else believing with you that the problem is true, all that does is shore it up in your own mind and make it seem like it's a reality. And when we're busy making problems, we're projecting more problems and more time in which to play them out. We want problems. You know why? You know why we want problems? Because problems are a distraction from seeing that the only thing that's making this world prop up is thinking that we separated ourselves. And, that, and it's scary. It's really scary for the ego to recognize that no one is here. Okay? Nothing's here. The, the bodies that you get a perception of, they're arranged in your mind into the very form that you see them in. And the way they present themselves, they're all arranged in the mind. And it's just interpreted energy. There's actually no one here. And there's a sense of loss in that to the ego. Because it's like, well, I really liked that personality. Or I really hated that fucker and I enjoyed hating them. Mm -hmm. You know, but they're not even there. You know, so, so to the ego, it's like, shit, none of you guys are real. That makes me not real. And see, to the ego, that's death. You're seeing that it's not real. But beyond that fear is the unity that we are. So, you know, we're afraid of unity. We're afraid of being one. So we're making ourselves out to be separate. And in that, finding this ego sense of comfort. I notice when I'm hu hugging my husband, you know, he feels so good. It's like, ah, it's like comfort. It's like home to me. It's like, ah. And then at the same time, I notice that he's not even there. That's me. And then in that, there's not an attachment to it. Like his body can, can be any, anything. It could not be around tomorrow. Uh, he could decide that he likes another broad and he doesn't want to hang out with me anymore. You never know. Uh, and it's like when you recognize that that is you, 
Everything is just used for awakening. There's no clinginess. And that's what people get into, this clinginess with their partners, friends. You know, I had a friend call me, call me up this week and tell me that she's got this new friend and, uh, and, and they really like each other. And then all of a sudden, here come the obligations. Well, you have to do this because it's this. And so my friend calls me. She's like, whoa, I'm tripping out. Like, I got this new friend. And she's telling me that I have to do this thing for her because we're friends. And I go, just tell her you're not that kind of friend. <laughs> she's like, I could just like, I go, yeah. I mean, if the person is meant to hang out with you, they'll still hang out with you. And you know... You, you're just giving yourself permission to say what it is. And so you don't have to play games with people. You know, the, the common theme for the ego is that love is sacrifice. Nothing can be further from the truth. Love is not sacrifice. And anyone who's expecting you to sacrifice to show that you love them is just confused and they need help. And, and basically, help comes from you in a way that's very different from how the ego would make you help someone. Help comes from you by allowing the relief for yourself, and then that's what's extended outward. So you're not, so you're not angry at the person for asking you to do that kind of stuff. And, you know, like speaking from my own experience, I just, I moved around a lot when I was a kid. So I just didn't develop that kind of clinginess that most people develop in their lives where they want to just like you're mine like that even friends friends boyfriends whatever and when I was in my 20s I met a couple friends and you know there was some obligation there and I just told my friend I'm not that kind of friend I'm just not for that I'm not that girl I don't have to show up at a certain time and be a certain way. I just don't, you know, it's like we're just hanging out. <laughs> and, the, and, and immediately it clicked with her. Oh, okay, that's how she relates. And we still were friends. It's just that I wasn't on the hook to be that friend that's obligated to be doing stuff that I wasn't inspired to do. And, you know, like when it comes, when it comes to my friends uh, and, and my man and everything, from my perspective... I don't want them to do anything for me out of obligation. That's just, ooh, that's nasty. <laughs> I don't, I'm not looking for that kind of vibe. No way. You could feel that, right? They don't really want to be there, but they're doing it for you. It's like, get the fuck out of here. I don't need you here. I, I, if you're inspired to be here, great. I'm not mad at you. Just go do something you're inspired to do. Uh, like, I don't need your support. <laughs> it's, it's, just a, it's just a way to make people take on our guilty consciousness. We project these kinds of things. And, you know, some friends will be like, uh, you know, you're, Hope, you're just a terrible friend. Okay, you know, you need to find a friend that you like to do the things you like to do. You know, it's fine with me. <laughs> I've, even, I've even heard from my kid, one of my kids, oh, both of them actually, my two younger ones, my sons, this past week, what a terrible mom I am. I said, oh, thank you. 
Thanks for letting me know that. Um, and, you know, these things, they pass. People say something, and it's supposed to get a, what? Isn't that about me? Wait a minute, I wrote a book on parenting. <laughs> I'm the expert here. <laughs> and, you know, you just, you, you just get the reaction, get the reaction, whatever reaction it is, and enjoy it. Like, you know, I'll tell my kids, oh, thank you. Tell me more about that. What makes me a terrible mom? Um, oh, you, oh, really? Oh, oh, I shouldn't be buying you stuff whenever you want. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So I'm like, uh, I'm like, all right. That, that, my husband looks at me and he's like, all right. Because he's, he's like, he's buying whatever. Uh, I'm like, well, you know, if the money's there and they, uh, and they seem to want the thing, I don't know. It just automa- it's just like automatic. It's just like, yes. You know? And so my husband looks at me and he's like, I'm like, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> so, so the next day, the next day, my son goes, yeah, mom, you know what? I think I'd really like to ride a bike. And I go, so you're thinking about going and getting a bike, maybe at the bike shop or something like that. He's like, yeah. I go, so you take back that thing about me being a terrible mom for buying you the shit that you want then? And he's like, he just smiled. Like, I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I would freaking say something like that. <laughs> it, it's so it's so good. It's just so good. It's so juicy, and and so you know, it, it this is the human condition. You guys, I have done the experiment. Okay, I've done the experiment. I have I have one kid. Who, was, who experienced me and my husband as helicopter parents, in case you're not familiar with that term. We're hovering around her, making sure she does everything we want her to do so she can grow up to be an upstanding citizen in society. Okay? Um, second one, who's now 19, got kind of a mixture of that. A little bit of that early on, and then something else. Third one, completely free. Completely, completely free. So this is the third one. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are kind of shitty parents. Oh, (laughs) thanks. (laughs) And and then, you know, it just passes. And, And here's the thing that I noticed about this, which makes it really fun. When we're feeling upset about ourselves, okay? So my son just recently became 13, and he's been a gamer since he's been really young. He spends a lot of hours. I even have him in a tricked out chair so he can have like 16 hour days of heavy duty gaming <laughs> because that's what he's, he, he likes. Uh, and I think that's changing now. So he starts to feel kind of done with that cycle. And when we feel done with a certain cycle, a certain pattern and energy that's being played out, the way that's normally taken is someone is to blame. You know, there will be some self-blame. Like I noticed my son a couple weeks ago um, tell me he's lazy. And I was like, why would you say that? You can't be lazy. It's not even possible for you to be lazy. And he's like, well, I don't even take a shower once a week. I uh, don't clean my room. I don't do this. I don't do this. I don't do this. I don't do this. And 
I go, well, your only one responsibility is to love yourself. So if you're calling yourself lazy, that's not very loving to yourself. All that stuff will take care of itself. All that stuff takes care of itself. It comes to loving yourself. So then he felt like he wanted to do some schoolwork. The only time he's really, he's, he's done work here and there, just like where he feels like it. But the only time he's attended schools, and he's six years old, he, has, he attended for two weeks, and he was done with it in two weeks. He was like, nope, I'm not ever doing that again, is what he said. I'm never doing that again. I was like, okay, cool. So every year I would check in with him and go, hey, you know, open enrollment for Haas, you know, um, it's February. Uh, you want me to put your name in there? Nope, 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 every year. Um, so he started feeling that feeling, and all of a sudden we're bad parents because we don't make him do things. And I, and I was like, okay, so you want me to make you, um, make you go to school? And he goes, yeah, I want you to make me go to school. And I was like, okay, uh, where do you want to go? And, you know, we go like that. And uh, so anyways, he's, he started taking classes on Khan Academy for an hour every day. It starts at 6. And my parental thing in this is to let him know at 6 that it's time <laughs> to do that hour. <laughs> And, and, and every day that he's, he spends an hour doing his, um, his, his schoolwork, he feels so happy with himself. He feels, uh, he, he feels relieved and happy. And this is one thing that I learned, too, through the unschooling community. Okay, your, your kids will get bored with whatever they're doing, and then they'll be lashing out at you. <laughs> And it's a really good thing. And then they'll find out what they want to do. That's the whole thing. They just, they, they feel confused. They don't know what they want to do. And this is how it is for people. When people start lashing out at you, it's the same thing. They feel uncomfortable with themselves. They, ha they feel unhappy with, with whatever it is they perceive themselves to be doing and they're going to come and put it on, try to put it on someone else just because they're confused. They're not bad. They're not, they don't deserve anger or anything in return. You know, it's not like they're, it's not like they're bad folks. They're just, they're just looking for help. So when we just listen, and for me, I don't know what to do. I know I don't know what to do. I don't know how to act. I don't know what to say. I don't know anything. There's an, there's an upset feeling that comes along. When someone comes up with an upset feeling, I can experience it with them. And I can allow compassion for that upset feeling within myself so it doesn't turn into something like this. And there's all this, this tension that just like goes on and on and on. Uh, these kinds of things, no matter how intense it might seem, someone coming and telling you're the, you're the worst person in the world, they can diffuse very quickly and turn into something completely different. I mean, for us, the same conversation, we're laughing, like big belly laughs, like really big belly laughs. In the same day, the same hour, whatever it was, um, but it's just, a, it's just a trip for the ego to get something like that, to hear something about 
you doing it wrong. That's the only thing that's tripping on. You cannot do it wrong. You cannot get it wrong. It's not really possible. And it doesn't help to tell the person that you're not getting it wrong. Does it? I've never seen it help. Uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean that's not going to fly out of your mouth, and it's okay if it does, but I've never seen it be helpful. So it's like, okay, yeah, well, tell me more about that. You know, someone's already in a separate self. They're not going to get that you're completely innocent, and it's not possible for you to do anything wrong. It's for you to get that. You get that. And then you extend it, and they can feel that they are not getting it wrong. So the whole thing with my son is he felt like he was getting it wrong, like wasting his life. He actually got the feeling that he was wasting his life. And I go, well, I'm totally sure that you're perfectly on track with your life, just perfect. And he goes, Mom... I don't know the math that I'm supposed to know to get into eighth grade. And I go, you know how quickly you'll pick that up? It'll take you like two weeks. I promise you. They don't learn shit in there. <laughs> they go there all day, but they don't learn anything. Okay? You get, you get, <laughs> take a couple online lessons and you're all the way up there like you never miss the day. <laughs> except... Except with reading, you're going to be way ahead because you've been online the whole time. <laughs> they're, they're going to trip out. When I sent my, when I sent my, uh, my other son uh, to school, he wanted to go to school after um, you know, years of not going to school. He started in fifth grade. They put him in 10th grade reading. And the teacher was like, she called me and she was really eager to know what my method was because none of those kids could read. None of those kids in his class. He said, Mom, I think all those kids are dumb. They can't read. And I go, well, they've been in school the whole time. That's what happens. <laughs> so so she, she goes, she goes, you have to tell me. It was like, it was like that. It was like, you have to tell me what you did because she wanted to do the same thing. I go, I just let him do what he wanted. She's like, oh. And she's like, what do you mean? And I go, well, I just let him do what he wanted to do. And, you know, I told her he wa would watch videos that had sub-captions and uh, different stuff like that. And she just, like, glazed over. No way. How could you do that in a classroom? Just let them do what they want. How, you know, we've been, we've been taught, we've been trained and conditioned that you have to have someone who knows more than you teaching you how it is but everything comes from you even the teacher so so we're teaching our kids that their teaching comes from outside of them it may appear to be that way but it's always coming from them so it's like to learn you don't have to force yourself into any kind of learning you know including in, including any kind of spiritual knowledge that's why you know i i point out a lot to you guys like if it's if meditation is it is not appealing to you. It's not for you right now. If this talk going on right now is not appealing for you, to you, it's not for you. And so you don't have to force yourself into anything. That actually stops you from learning. And that's exactly why the kids in the school are less able to read 
than the guy who's not getting any restrictions on him and he's just allowed to do what he wants. Because it's natural that there's a, there's a natural curiosity and a natural propensity toward learning. I mean, it, it's one thing if you got the kid locked in a room and they never hear any words or hear anyone talk and it's all, you know, they're not going to learn that stuff. Uh, but, you know, just in life, stuff goes on, things get picked up. Different things get picked up. The guy's got a vocabulary that blows me away. A lot of the times he uses words. I don't know what the heck they mean. <laughs> and he hasn't even get, been to school. It's like, uh, what does that even mean? He'll explain it to me. <laughs> it's just the idea, it comes back to the idea that we need something that we don't already have that's within us. Like we need something external. So I told my kid, yeah, you can, of course you go to school. The whole time, I'm just here to support whatever it is that you want to do. That's all. I'm here to support whatever it is that you want to do. If you want me to make a structure for you, I'll make a structure for you. That's fine. Uh, you want to, you need this particular thing uh, for doing the things that you like to do? That's fine too. You just have all the freedom, all the creativity. And I think he kind of like goes, oh, Oh, it's kind of like, oh, I get it. <laughs> so the next day, I go, I go, because, uh, you know, the, fir the first day he was like, yeah, I want you to make me take a shower. And I'm like, well, okay. I'm not going to fight with you about it, but, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, I'll go in there and see what's up. So I go in there and I said, so, so about that shower. He's like, yeah, never mind about that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I told, him, I told him from the beginning, I don't mind making structure. That's cool. Um, when it comes to enforcing the structure, eh, it doesn't feel good to me. So that's out. And in the moment, you don't fucking want it either. You don't, you don't want that. Later on, when you're feeling bad about yourself, you may, might say, it's because my mom didn't give me structure, and that's fine. <laughs> but, but I know from experience, you're going to make something up to be the reason why you feel like shit. And, you know, if it's going to be anyone, let it be me, because I can totally take that. You know, I like to play with that, so it's good. <laughs> so, so all back... All back to sweetness and harmony after, uh, uh, after I'm a really, yeah, the statement was like this. Just cracked me up. Yeah, you guys are shitty parents. <laughs> it's just that nothing is serious. And you know, that came back to me too. It came back to me too. Because before my little son told me, that we're shitty parents. My big son, my 19-year-old, was telling me that we're shitty parents because we don't raise the other guy right, okay? So my big son was telling me that, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I get that. I mean, that's, most of the world is gonna agree with you on that. We are not raising him right. Game, 16 hours a day. He eats frozen pizzas, doesn't take a shower. <laughs> His room gets really messy. Uh, yep. <laughs> I see where you're coming from on that. 
<laughs> so, uh, and so he's like, and so I think you really need to get him some counseling. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay, well, we'll see about that. And, uh, and so then he goes and he tells the little one that, uh, that the re- all of his problems are because he's had a really shitty childhood and really bad parents. So, and he tells me this. He goes up and tells the, uh, the smaller one that. And then he comes back and he's like, yeah, I was just in his room telling him that basically he screwed up because he's had a really shitty childhood. And I go, oh, that's awesome. So, so, uh, so the next day before, my, my young son tells me when he tells me, I'm cruising around, I'm in my car, you know, cruising around. And all of a sudden, I start feeling really bad. Like, this self-doubt comes in. Like, what if I really am fucking him up, you know? And stuff like that. And, and immediately, immediately, once I feel the feeling, because the feeling is what, the, what tunes me in. If it's an upset feeling, if it is anything other than joyful laughter, it is a lie. Always. No matter what the freaking circumstances look like, it is a lie. And I just came to gratitude with it in that moment. You know, it was just a moment where it hits. Like, what if, what if you really are? What if he turns out like this? What if it's all like this? What if everyone knows that your book is bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so immediately I've got the victory, right? And I realized... And I, and I realized, oh, something awesome is coming. Something awesome is coming. So, so then when I get back home, that's when my son goes, little, the little one, he goes, yeah, you guys are really shitty parents. And then I'm just like completely ready for it. It's like all the, all the thing, it probably played out in over a course of a minute or 30 seconds. And it just, uh, and, and, and it's just like the relief in it. It was like a relief to hear that. It was like genuinely, oh, thank you. Tell me about it. What is it that makes us shitty parents? Oh, okay. Oh, well, how about we play, play like this? How about if we play like this? And we just found the happiest. And you know what? It, it, it went from, um, I wish you guys would punish me. Uh, my husband said, what do you want us to do, punish you? And he's like, I wish you would. <laughs> like, what the heck? standing there with his pants down and his ass out and he's going hit me you fuckers <laughs> so, so there's all these things that we should be doing differently and he's turning out shitty because we're not doing these things so it turns out that he's ready to start like with some kind of structure so he goes so I go so how much learning do you want to do every day and he goes, three hours. And he goes, does that sound good to you? And I go, well, it's fine with me. If I were you, I would start out with one hour since you're going from zero just to feel it out and see how it is. Because I know from my own experience, if I push myself toward anything, it might be good for a little bit, but then I'm going to get burnout. It's like unsustainable, you know? So I, I go, I go how? he goes, all right, I'll, I'll do that. And so he's got this structure where at six o'clock we tell him it's time to do his hour of schoolwork where he gets on there and learns math and science math and uh grammar and 
everything is like, oh, we're doing, oh, this is awesome. We're doing awesome. Uh, and, and I go, do you want me to structure your food so you're eating healthy food? And he's like, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and he said, Mom, I think you're really lazy. And I, and I go, yeah, why is that? He's, he goes, I don't, I don't think you care what I do. And I was like, you're right, I don't. <laughs> it's definitely lazy compared to the way it used to be when I was raising your sister, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I don't care what you do. Uh, whatever you do, that's up to you. What I care about is your happiness, and I'm here to support your happiness. And then he just, he got it. It's like he just goes, oh, you know, we just, we just hold these things. It's like, if you're not condemning what I'm doing or coming around and going, hey, why are you doing that? You should be doing this, you know. Um, and and if, you're not, if you're not saying, hey, you know, you're supposed to be, you're 13 years old, you're supposed to be doing this. This is what 13-year-olds do. You have to play a sport or whatever, whatever the parents put on the kids. You know, when I was your age, I always played a sport, so you should be playing a sport too. You know, or when I was your age, I made all my own food, so you should be making your own food too, or walking to school, or whatever the story is. You know, we put, the, we put these things on each other as if we know what is good for people. We know what people should do. So it, it's, not like, it's not like once you, once you realize that there's nothing to do, that people aren't going to get pissed at you. But you know what? They get pissed at you when you think there's something to do, too. So <laughs> either way, you're doomed. <laughs> you know the thing, damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? That's just because your patterns are going to come up no matter what. And these are opportunities for healing. So you can't avoid them, nor do you want to avoid them. And, you know, sometimes they come up as something that's really big. It's like something that you, maybe you have some identity with. And that's, and, and that's why I love those parent things because, you know, I wrote a book on parenting. Bad enough, it already seems like some kids busted out of me, and I feel like I have this responsibility for them. But I also wrote a book on parenting. So if you say something about my parenting, it tends to trigger a reaction. So, of course, I'm going to get that until... There's absolutely no reaction. It's exactly what we need. And that depending on the particulars of your life, whatever it is that you identify with, whatever it is that you're in special relationship with, that's where your biggest challenges are going to come. And those challenges are such blessings. It's such a blessing to be challenged like that. And especially to see how quickly everything changes. You know, it, when, when a challenge comes up that really, that really triggers that specialness that you've maybe applied to yourself, it feels devastating. These things can feel completely devastating. For that minute in my car where I was getting those doubtful feelings, I had a flash of hurting myself, a flash of leaving people, a flash of killing people. I mean, I'm just open to see what the mind is doing. You know, uh, for, for most of us, we have such heavy defenses, we can't even see this stuff. It's kind of like, we kind of see it, but we're hiding it. It's all happening in consciousness. 
but we have defenses that make us hide it from ourselves. So I love to get the regular, uh, the, the regular stream of consciousness that, is, that everyone, no one, no one who perceives a body can escape it. Okay, the regular stream of streams of consciousness that come with a trigger. They're murderous, actually. And they, that's why they, they, involve, they involve harm. And a lot of the times, we don't notice that, but I'll allow it to get... And it doesn't take a long time. It doesn't take a lot of time, but I'll allow it to grow to its intensity because I'll actually be watching it like I'm interested in seeing what is coming up. And I'm watching it pass before my consciousness and getting relief with it. So it's like the relief is coming because I'm not making it personal. This doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. That's the difference between me and most people. When they get a the murderous thought, they feel so guilty. Oh my God, I just thought of killing my son. I'm so bad. <laughs> you know, you can't help it. It just like crosses like that. It just comes. It's not, a, it's, it's not a guilty thing. So that's why most people are hiding the ego thoughts from themselves. So that these things can play underneath the surface and maybe not go all the way to murder, but just murderous thoughts. You've done this to me. Because of you, it's like this. If only you would be more like this. You know, and that's the way people relate with each other with these grievances. It's like when we first meet each other, we don't know them, right? And they're just really cute, and they seem really fun, and, and we don't have any grievances that we've given over to them yet. But guess what the ego's mindset is? That's exactly what I'm going to use this fucker for. <laughs> I am going to make that person responsible for the wound that's here. See? We don't know that, and we're, we're, like, we're setting people up to be our abusers, basically. <laughs> they don't know either. It's like, a, it's like an ego relationship. And every special relationship is like this. That's why it's a, it's a matter of being watchful. So when those tendencies do occur, you don't make them real. You know, uh, like if... Like, for instance, let's give you a for instance. Ah, yay, I love you. So, so, so say, say I think my husband should have, gosh, he does everything. It's hard to think. Think of something. Uh, uh, he, well, his car smells like a dog. That's one thing I can point out. <laughs> He's a dog guy, and he takes the dog down to the ocean all the time. And then, and then he doesn't want to get it washed or make it smell better or anything. So say I go into my husband's car with him, and I'm going, this fucking car stinks, and, the, and, and all of a sudden there's this thought about him being a screwed-up freaking partner because he, like will let me go into this car that smells bad and it's demeaning to me. I'm just making this shit up, you guys. So, <laughs> so, so as soon as I have that thought, as soon as I've got that thought, I can keep on playing it, playing it and making myself feel bad about it. And there's something 
that's kind of good about it to the ego. Do you guys notice that? When you get on one of those trains where your partner or friend or someone is an asshole, it kind of feels good to go along that train of thought and make yourself get that more and more of that upset feeling. Okay? So so in a in a relationship or relating where you know that these things are going to come up and you're aware and you're ready to use all of them, you'll just use that in the moment. And it'll pass and you'll forget all about the car stinking. You'll just get used to it. That's what happens for me. You know, it's like I don't go in there very much. So when I first go in there, it's like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> and, then, and then I just go, okay, and just get in. And after a while, it's just, it's completely forgotten. And that's how it is with anything. I've experienced that with sounds too around my house. Like if there's someone playing music or um, now we're, we're the perfect neighbor. I know our neighbors love us so much because both sides of our house, they do wild ass parties on a regular basis. One of them does karaoke <laughs> really badly. And then, and then, the, <laughs> well, they just have a lot of friends. Some of them will actually be good. I'll, sometimes I'll be like, wow, that's Whitney. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, and then on the other side, that's Marah. I don't know if you guys know Marah. Tisha, the one who owns Mystic Closet. <laughs> You've been there? <laughs> that's a rager house. <laughs> so, Sounds, sounds don't bother my family. Uh, you know, we, we lived right, we lived down there on Hinalo Street right next to the geothermal. And that was always making a sound. Um, and then the, the guy across the street with us did electric guitar very badly. Very loud and very badly. So between, between those things, and you know, there was just, there was an instant where I felt so pissed at that neighbor with the electric guitar. Because I, I had just went down for a nap, and I was just getting comfortable in my bed for a nap. And then all of a sudden, that wailing, it's like, like that. And it's like, it's right there. He likes the volume up really high. And I go, oh my gosh, this is an opportunity. That's what this is right here. This is an opportunity. That was one of my first, that's why it sticks out in my mind so much. Because that's what was my first noticing. Oh my goodness. That's what this is for. So I, I, I laid there with that wailing guitar. It was going. I laid there and I paid attention to the sensations in my body and the thoughts that were projecting outward. And you know, I woke up later on. It, I just fell asleep. And I woke up later on. I was like, I just fell asleep with his wailing guitar. And then, as if that wasn't enough, because, you know, you keep on getting it until you can completely laugh about it and you're completely good with it. So I felt like, wow, that's awesome. Now I don't even hear that guitar. Like, people will come over and they'll be like, what in the world? Because it's like so loud. And I'm like, oh, and I realize his guitar is playing. You know, like I don't even realize it. So a couple months later... All of a sudden, I'm in bed, and the ground is vibrating, like, 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 jarring, vibrating. Apparently, the geothermal stuck a new drill right at the edge of my property. 
And they, and, and they ran it all night. They don't give a shit what time it is. They ran it all night because it's on their property. It was right on the edge of my property. Same thing. I used it. I laid there with the sensations, and I just let them wash over me. That one lasted six months. It went on for six months with that geothermal. didn't take me that long to be fine with it. My, uh, my, my neighbor moved. My <laughs> next-door neighbor took off. At about month four, she's out of there. She's like, no way, I'm not doing this. Um, and then a couple months later, they realized, and, and the fear was, because people would come over and tell me, oh my God, they put their drill right there. And I'm like, yeah, it's really loud all the time, all night and everything. Oh, that's not the worst of it. Wait till they tap into the source, then you're going to get all those gases just right here. And I just like felt like not worried about that at all. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, thanks, you know. Uh, and, then, and then two months later, they hit nothing, lost like millions of dollars, and their drill went way back over to another side of their property. Yeah. It's just there is nothing to be alarmed about. And, you know, I've had friends tell me, uh, you, should, you should move. I know that I'll be moved to move if it's time to move. That's just how it goes. You know, whenever it's time to move, you're moved. You can't help it. There's not a should about it. Oh, this is happening now, so that means I should do this. No. It's just, when you'll, you'll know, because that's what's occurring. It's like doors closing and doors opening. It's just automatic. You know, it's just... It's just gonna be that way that's how it's gonna be because that's what you need to awaken the mind and if you're always getting exactly what you need to awaken the mind what is there to get worried about what is there to get frustrated about you know or, or up in arms about you know I find myself doing a bunch of paperwork legal documents and uh, making stands and talking to the police and stuff like that and all this COVID stuff and you know what the thing is, I'm just moved that way right now. It's not like I should or you should or anything like that. Uh, nothing's happening. There's no threat. There's actually no threat. Guys, believe it or not, the th whole thing about the vaccines, and I keep on hearing these different things. I keep on hearing about the police. Are now, now they have a higher quota to um, give you guys tickets. Um, and, and it's just all to get a sense like... <gasps> And that's the, that's the whole thing. That's the weapon of the ego. The weapon of the ego is fear. So, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, it's kind of like in a yoga practice, it said, if you can't do it with calmness and deep breath, you don't need to be doing it. There's nothing there. There's nothing for you to do. There never is anything for you to do. If you find yourself being played out in any particular way, that's just for fun. There's no pressure on that. You don't have to keep doing it. You don't have to keep going. Start something up and go, you know what, I'm not feeling it anymore. Okay, move over here. There's no problem. We put so much pressure on ourselves. And all that pressure does is prevent us from seeing where that pressure is coming from in the first place. What's the root of it? The only thing that could be causing you any pressure is the thought that you're something that you're not. 
You've made yourself into something that you're not, but you have not become that. You can't. It's not possible because you're changeless. Every problem that occurs to you is only for pointing back to the truth. It's only for pointing back to the fact that you didn't separate and you're having a dream of separation. It's giving you an opportunity to find that joy that you are that's natural for you, that's childlike joy. No impediments. All, let, all, let all the impediments just be purified in the moment. And that moment, you know, it's moment to moment. So anytime that it seems like there's a lack of joy or a sense of seriousness, that's it. That's it. And, then, you know, I know it's, it, it's going to come back to you in your mind that... I'm serious right now. I must be wrong. And that is so healing. If you're serious right now, that came back to me this past week. That's, what, that's the thought that came back to me when I was in the car and that self-doubt arose. I am serious. What the heck? What's going on here? This can't be true. The, the trick, the hook is to get you hooked in to make that self-doubt real. Because then once you do that, you're actually in conflict. That's how you get into conflict. So I'm talking with my son, and he says something, and I say, oh, what about this? He's like, you're just saying that to do this and to win this argument. And I'm like, there's an argument? He's like, oh. Well, you know, like, there is not, like, for me, there's not an argument. A person can be in an argument and think they're in an argument with me, but I don't have to engage in that. I don't have to buy into that. I don't have to uh, consent to being in an argument with you. <laughs> a, a, lot of the time, a lot of the time, people really like argument because it helps them to solidify their own beliefs. And that's what you're going to get, you know, uh, with a lot of people, and especially with someone who just started college. <laughs> they're going to be ready to... <laughs> that's what they're learning. <laughs> ready to put forth an argument. But then once it's seen, uh, oh, she's not in an argument. The whole thing, the whole thing settles down. It's like, oh, really? There's an argument. It's okay with me if you want to be in an argument. I might even still start, still answer your questions just because I'm being entertained. But I don't buy into that argument thing. And I don't answer interrogating questions. That's something I've been talking about for a couple weeks. There's no answer to an interrogating question. There's no, there's no good answer to an interrogating question. So it's like, uh, hey, you know, why do you think that your parenting is the best? Why do you think it's not the best? Why is it not the best parenting? 
That's what I want to know. <laughs> nothing to defend. See? And nothing to defend. You don't have to defend yourself. And a person goes, hey, you know what? Um, your farts stink. Okay, thank you. You should really eat more, I don't know, what makes farts smell good? Bananas? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> and, and okay, thank you. See, then you don't get into any kind of, uh, you don't get in, into any kind of scuffle. You know, you don't have to engage and feel like you have to win an argument. I know what it feels like to seem like you have to win an argument. You get really scared. It's a fearful feeling. It's like you have to prove that you're right. Just watching that. You don't have to try to do anything or manage your behavior or change your words or anything. Just watch what it feels like to go on that trajectory of making it so that you seem like you're right. Making it so that you seem like you're you know, the scenario is true. And, you know, my, my son, who's 19, loves to have arguments. He loves that. He's into that right now. And that's a part of it. There's nothing right or wrong about that. It's just part of the ego's, trans, you know, transformation of the ego. <laughs> it's part of growing up where you're looking for arguments. So, so there's, a, there's a sense like I'm supposed to engage in an argument and then there's this realizing that, oh, no, she's not, she's not going there. So there's this at attempt to push the buttons that seem to need to be pushed to get the arguments. And there's like, oh, okay, right, she's not going there. I'm just like, I don't know anything. Words, words come out of my mouth, and I don't even know they're going to come out of my mouth. I don't even know anything. I'm sure you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're right about that. <laughs> uh, oh, one of them was, um, why are you so afraid of the vaccine? That's fear. Okay, thank you. You know, that's it. There's nothing uh, to defend about that or anything. It's like, oh, okay, thank you. Not, why do you think I'm afraid of it? Why do you, why do you think I would be afraid of it? You know, I notice my mind do that. I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, my smaller one wants to get fully vaccinated. Yeah. No. Okay. I don't. I'm not feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a his own dude. And uh, what's interesting is he said he's wanted to get fully vaccinated for a long time. And I said, oh, well, you could have told me that at any time. And he goes, yeah. Well, he did tell me that like a year, year and a half ago or something. And I said, you want to go get vaccinated right now? And he goes, no, I'll wait. So, <laughs> so you know, I've wanted to get vaccinated, fully vaccinated for a long time. And I go, oh, okay, you want to go do that right away? And he goes, no, I want to wait until I'm actually going to school. Okay. Uh, you want to go to school? When do you want to go to school? In the fall. Okay. So it's, who knows if he's going to do it or not, or he just wants to make sure that he is allowed to do it. Yeah, I said, you know, you, you know 
you know how I am about that kind of stuff. And I know that I have really strong opinions and judgments. And I also know that a vaccine isn't going to do shit for you, good or bad. There's no way it can affect your body. He's like, okay, mom. <laughs> you know, because he sees the kind, of, uh, the kind of work I'm doing. I have one creative project that I'm working on right now that's a two-sided flyer, and it's all about the vaccine, and it's aimed toward young people. So he knows, you know, I, I do stuff like that. And he's going, uh, well, I want to get fully vaccinated. I said, well, that's perfectly fine with me, you know. I'll take, you, I'll take you to a clinic where they honor the medical exemption so I can go in there without a mask. <laughs> it's one thing if you want to get vaccinated, but I'm not sitting there with a the mask on. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> Somehow that just doesn't work for me. <laughs> But yeah, you know, a lot of my friends will tell me, uh, whoa, like they, they, won't, they won't realize that I have a kid who's masked up. You know, and whenever people come over, he puts a mask on so that, you know, he doesn't transmit COVID-19 to old people and kill them. That's what he told me. I think it's really sweet. And whenever, whenever there's people around, he's masked up and people will just like be shocked. Who's that? That's my son. What? They're looking like, What? that's your son? <laughs> that's my son. And then they'll be like, that's freaking awesome. That's really awesome. Like every one of them that came, has come over, they're like, that's just awesome that he has that freedom. Because they know how the stuff I'm involved in and then my son's in, over there being the complete opposite. You know? And they're like, wow, that's just really rad. And then some of my friends would be like, Oh, no way. I would never, I would never let my son or kid get the vaccine. No way. I would never let them do that. And, you know, the thing is, no matter what judgments and opinions we play out in the field, for myself, in my mind, I know that I don't know. I know that whatever I'm making of it is due to my conditioning. Whatever I'm making it. Whatever I'm making of it, it's due to my conditioning. Nothing's actually happening. So that's why it, there's like not a resistance to helping the dude get a vaccination or a bunch of, he's never had any, he's never been to the doctor. So he's in for a different kind of experience too, because he's never <laughs> even been there. He's going to go in there and who knows how he's gonna make, what he's going to make of that place. I mean, one time he told me, one time he told me he wasn't feeling good when he was like 10 years old or something. And, uh, and he goes, I want to go to a doctor. I go, okay, what kind of doctor do you want to go to? You know, and, uh, and I go, do you want to go to like an allopathic doctor? And I told him a little bit, you want to go to a natural doctor? You want to try this kind of doctor? And I'll go to a natural doctor. Okay, so we go into this natural doctor. She checks him out. And, you know, um, I'm looking at him going, he is just looking for experience. This guy is not even feeling sick. He just wants an experience. So, I, so I'm just like there, you know, and watching um, him make up the symptoms to the doctor. And then she looks at him and she like prescribes these three different supplements. And we take the supplements. And as soon as we leave, he goes, I'm not going to take any of those. And I go, I had a feeling about that. 
He's like, I'm fine. I go, I know. You know, that's like his only doctor experience. (laughs) So now he's talking about going over where they're wearing white coats, you know, and they're going to, they're going to actually like inflict pain, (laughs) which he's never had anyone inflict pain on him before. (laughs) It's just going to be funny. I mean, as it is right now, as it is right now, me and my family, I'm like, I'm like telling, telling my husband and my big son, I go, let's all lay bets on how long he's going to make it at that public school. Because <laughs> uh, he, he just, he, he is like, he, he does not like people putting their authority on him. Even though he was saying that other stuff the other day about how he wishes we would do that stuff to him. Not really true. Like once it plays out, you're like, oh yeah, he was totally kidding. Um, uh, when, they, when, when the first person gets cross with him or tells him that he has to miss 10 minutes of recess or something like that, that's going to be interesting. But I don't know how it's going to go either. He could want that now. He could want that. He'd be like, oh yeah, that's what I need. I need someone telling me what to do. I need to get in a line line up and be at class at a certain time. When the bell rings, I get up and I go to another class. (laughs) That's exactly what I need right now. I don't know. People like that stuff. I I, I see it. I I actually loved it, you guys. I loved school when I was a kid, you know, uh, because my home life sucked more. That's why I loved to go. Because at least I wasn't getting my ass kicked in school. They weren't allowed to do that shit to you. So I'd go, I'm going to school. That's where I'm hanging out. Um, but, but my kids are, you know, a little bit different. They're not getting their ass kicked at home. They have all kinds of freedom. I was the oldest of six kids, so I took care of my brothers and sisters. So it was like I was kind of like a mom. So when I went to school, I was like a kid. I was like, ah, I'm a kid. Oh yeah, just tell them. Oh, uh, all the their all their little rules. I was like, I could follow those, no problem. You know, I'm trained for this, <laughs> and I'll make straight A's too. But that's not for everyone. When my when my uh, middle son was 11, I went in for a parent teacher conference, and she said, he, he doesn't sit still. He doesn't he doesn't sit still in the seat. And I go, that was the first thing she said. And she had her book open. She's like reading stuff about the things about him. Uh, He's wiggly in his seat and he talks during class. And I go, that sounds like an 11-year-old to me. She slammed her book closed. (laughs) She was done. The conversation's over. She realized that I'm not buying into that. And I hear all the time from parents who go, oh gosh, I got a call from the school Oh, now I have to go over there and act like I'm mad at my kid in front of them so that they think I'm a good parent. That's what they do. Uh, That's what they expect you to do. Go over there and act like you're mad. And, you know, that's that's the ego. It's like if you see, uh, 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 oh, I hate those people. And if you don't hate them with me, then you're against me. I hate that behavior. And if you don't hate it with me, then you're against me. You're not doing it right. And the parents are so conditioned to go in there and go, young man, why do you think, you, you, you know, who do you think you are? Like in front of them. So they know 
And true story, I've had parents telling me this in the past couple of weeks that they have to do that. And I said, you don't have to do that. What are you afraid of? What are you, just be authentic. You can be authentic. You have to do that only if in your mind you're afraid of being authentic. What do you think the consequences are? You know, I've had one school official ask me, do you want me to call social services? And I go, well, not particularly, but I understand if you think that you need to, then, you know, I still like you. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so she's like, okay, all right, never mind about that social service thing, you know, because I was just going, uh, I was just not buying into the bullshit. I was not buying into that there's a problem. I was not buying into that there was a problem with my son because he was just absent for five days. I'm not buying into that that's a problem. And then someone saw him down at Pohoiki. It's like, why why was he at Pohoiki if he's sick? And I go, well, my experience has been that the sun and water is great for that stuff. Do you want me to call social services? I'm not afraid of my kids getting taken, taken away from me by social services. Okay? That's not going to happen unless it's meant to happen. There's not, there, if that, and when I say it's meant to happen, mind energy attracts. That's what I mean by meant to happen. Mind energy attracts. So that means if, if social services comes around and takes my kid, we are meant to have this exchange. My kid is meant to have the exchange with social services. My kid is meant to have, if it goes to foster, my kid is meant to have that, as a, that experience. So in not being afraid of any outcome, people are afraid of police because they're afraid of what police can do to them. Okay? We're trained to be afraid of police because of what police can do to us. Police can't do anything to us. That's an illusion. They have no power. All power comes from the mind. So there's nothing to be afraid of. Fear gives them that power and gives power to things in the illusion to make it look like they can do shitty things to you. But no one can. So then there's no no need for fear. And when there's no need for fear, then it's just creativity. It's just a creative flow and and healing happens easily. We've been conditioned like that because that's how we wanted to be conditioned because that's what keeps these defensive defenses in place so that we don't see that we're actually making all of this up. And now in this point of time, in time that authority has that authority complex, whatever it is, has become much more intense. Intense. We're seeing like police state kind of things, you know, with police like lined up in certain anywhere where you gather. I called the chief, or the, the captain, and I asked him, what is the deal with all the cops wherever we're gathering? I go, they're standing around in masks, they have their hands on their guns, what's up? What, is, what are you guys doing? What, like, what's your objective with this? And he goes, oh, what, you think they shouldn't be wearing masks? And I was like, well, masks are very unhealthy from my point of view, so th- that would be one thing. But the other thing is, they're standing there in masks, we can't see their faces and they're lined up, and it looks like a freaking police state out here, right? And he's like, oh, well, um, they're not getting violent or anything, are they? I go, no, actually, they're freaking awesome. 
I'm just asking you, like, why does that have to keep on going like that, you know? Why does that need to go? Oh, we're getting all these complaints. Oh, okay, okay, awesome. So you just find out. It's like, it's like you just like, oh, what's going on? And don't try to guess the motive. Don't try to guess the motive. Oh, they want to uh, do this um, so they can make, make us into their slaves or something like that. Um, everyone has good intention. And I give everyone the benefit of that doubt, including Bill Gates, you guys. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, um, Ige, whatever. Um, uh, Trump and Biden. I know, like, different people are tripping on one or the other. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it is. It's all good intentions. And, you know, what I mean by that, it's the best that anyone can do to try to make this world a better place. And you know what? It all sucks whenever anyone tries to make the world a better place. It's all shitty. That's just how it goes. Everyone's been trying to do that the whole time. Every, and that's what, that's what people have been trying to do. Look, plastic was invented to make the world a better, better place, okay? And I personally don't see how I would live without those Ziploc bags. I mean, that's how I put my things in the freezer and stuff. And then the next thing you know, the plastic's out there in the ocean. You know, it's just like... You can't, you can't win with that kind of stuff. Everyone's got, everyone's got good intentions. If, you don't, if you're not questioning people's motives, watch what happens. Watch what kind of peace you have in your mind. You don't, you don't have to question those things because everyone is offering you a blessing. Everyone is giving you a blessing. So you don't have to hold on to those kinds of things. You don't have to hold on to them. Now, today I found myself writing a notice of liability for the person who is in charge of DLNR and sending all the officers down there to the beach. And in the back of my mind, I'm writing the notice of liability. I'm very grateful to this person and the DLNR and all the opportunities that are being presented. I don't care if the police stay or go. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, the, the perception is giving something for healing, and my form, without, my, without me making any choices about it ever, haven't ever, no one ever has made any choices about what they do, and my form is playing out a certain way like I'm an activist or something, right? And I'm just like, this is a ride. I don't know how long I'll be on this ride, but it's a ride. It's really interesting meeting the other activists. It really is because, you know, they're like, it's just a shame. It's just a shame that we got to do all. And it's like, well, it's a shame or a blessing depending on how you want to look at it. I like to look at it at, like it's a blessing because I like to have a good time. <laughs> and if, I, if I'm not going to be having a good time with this, I won't be doing it very long. <laughs> And it's like, and, and it's like, you know, before activists that didn't really talk to me because they just thought I was like it's flying up here like a um, spiritual bypass. That's what it is. That's what they call it. Spiritual bypass. Yeah. Uh, so, they, so they don't want to hear from me at all. You know, they're like, she doesn't even realize like all this bad shit is happening in the world and we're saving it, you know. So then I'm out there like having, you know, passing out my flyers and being a certain place and someone will share something like this with me and they'll actually listening, listen to me, actually listening. It's like, whoa, she's done a lot of shit and that's her perspective. And it's like, huh, 
hmm, what fun, what a fun game. Like, I don't know why the fuck I'm doing this stuff. I have no idea. Someone asked me, hey, Hope, why is the mask and all that stuff such a problem? It's not. Why are you doing this stuff? No reason. (laughs) Oh, Hope, thank you so much for all you do. You're amazing. Oh, I'm just stroking myself. There's nothing going on. It's, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing anything important. <laughs> you know, and, and, then, and then, you know, people who, uh, who, would, who would say, oh, uh, there's no way, there's no way that what you're saying is true. There's no way what you're saying now they're listening. And I had no idea. I had no idea that that would be like the trajectory of the of the things and it's still unfolding i don't know but but you know what allows what allows this to this kind of um this this kind of movement to be to come through me is an openness and recognizing and this is really this is really big because because the ego uses this for confusion a lot the perception is separate from the mind that projects it so whatever happens in the perception i'm not concerned with whatever my body is doing apparently in the perception is part of the perception i don't try to control that i only go with the inspiration in the moment how am i inspired in the moment i had no idea it would get this deep I had no idea that my days would be booked out with activist type shit. (laughs) And I don't know how long it'll go on. You know, I tell my people who come to COVID dialogues, I say, hey guys, don't get attached because any minute I could just be like, I'm done. Thank you. It was fun playing, you know. I don't, don't get attached to me. I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna go any longer than than I feel inspired to go, and um, I'm not obligated. I don't feel obligated, and I know that there's no threat. So I know I'm not like some people will say. We're in the fight of our lives. You're in the fight of your life. The people will see me doing myself. You're in the fight of your life. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That makes it way more entertaining now. <laughs> I could die if I don't win. <laughs> I could become a zombie robot if I don't win. <laughs> and look what look at this. You know, I've been talking to some some people who are like uh, been studying this stuff for a long time, like for like thirty years and stuff. You don't realize, Uncle. You don't realize what they're doing to you. I'm going to show you what they're doing to you. And I go, well, one thing I am certain about is that no one's doing anything to me. You can show me what it looks like they're doing to me, but I'm sure I'm doing it all. That's that's why I have the power, because I'm sure I'm doing it all. I'm sure of my status, basically. (laughs) So uh, however it goes... Because of what the illusion is for, however it goes, is totally perfect for us. I mean, even if, and who knows, I've heard the funniest stories. One of them is this guy who says, uh, everyone who took the, the COVID vaccine, they're a totally lost cause, and they're going to be dead within three years. 
I'm like, well, well, I guess we'll find out if that's true, like, really soon, because three years isn't that far away, and they're going to be dropping off in the, in the meantime, too. There's just all kinds of these little, little things, and it's, like, all meant for getting a fearful reaction. That's all it's for. You can't take any of it as being true. It's just meant for sparking, like, oh, my God. And then uh, share this everywhere. Make sure you scare the shit out of all your friends, too. (laughs) (laughs) Am I supposed to be wrapping this thing up? (laughs) I just looked down and it says like 639. I was supposed to be done like a half hour ago. Oh, we're good. We're good, huh? <laughs> I was like, wow, that went fast. And I just talked for an hour and a half before this. <laughs> I, was, I, was on, I was on an interview for an hour and a half. And it just all went by so fast today. It's just like, wow, whoo. I feel excited or something. <laughs> I think it was that thing with my sons that like gave me some new life or something. It was like, woo. <laughs> whenever it seems whenever it seems like this is the best, you guys, and, and and keep this in mind for the next time, you know, it seems like it's the end of the fucking world for you. Whenever it seems like the end of the world, it's like a new level of consciousness is coming through. It's like a new awareness is coming through. If you allow it, that's the thing. Because it, it, it can't come without you, your permission. It's not going to impose itself on you. The new level of consciousness is not, not going to go, okay, bitch, you're ready. You know, <laughs> it's just going to like, it's just like going to make itself available and then you have to let it in. You have to let it, you have to let it occur. So it, it's just a matter of opening up to the gift. And, and, you know, it's okay if you don't open it up because you get as much time as you need to play that same pattern over and over and over again. It could be millions of times. No one cares because nothing happens, okay? So it'll just keep on playing again and again and again until you do open up to the blessing. And then there's another level of, of awareness. There's another level of openness, excitement. And, you know, it goes in patterns like that. So you get another level of this openness and excitement, and then it goes, it's kind of like this, okay? And then you'll be ready for another level of openness and excitement, and it'll get kind of dry and maybe a little bit boring, and then you're, you know, if you're alert during that time, alert that a board is the best. It is. It's something's coming. <laughs> something's coming. I learned that from unschooling, unschooling philosophy, actually. Uh, if you're, when your kid is bored, rejoice, because that's where the inspiration is coming. It doesn't mean it's time for you to like put some fucking structure on them so they're not bored. You know, it's the same thing with yourself. If you notice boredom coming, sit with it. Just sit with it, and it'll help you to be more alert to what's coming. And that's that's all. The challenges are only a challenge for the ego. They're not a challenge for you. You're not, you're not challenged by anything, okay? They're only a challenge for the ego. So it's like the ego is learning about who you are. All there is for you is to be in forgiveness of any thought that tells you 
that you're wrong, you're bad, something happened. Any, all you need, all your only function is forgiveness in all of that. The ego, the mind, all the learning is taking place naturally. You only, you only stop the learning. You, you prevent it from happening right now so it can play forth in, an other, in another time when you practice unforgiveness. So the thought says, you know what? You are fucked up. Or your kid does need counseling. You know, same kind of thing. Your kid needs t- counseling because you fucking, you know. Uh, and my kid, oh, I go, you really think you need counseling? He goes, well, I am pretty screwed up. And I go, well, I don't think you're screwed up. I think you're perfect. But if you want some counseling, you can have some. Do you think you want to open up to a stranger? He's like, hmm. Not really. <laughs> Come to think of it. <laughs> so no threat is real. And I have a, I have a suspicion that you're going to hear about threats being real um, between now and the time we meet again. Um, so, <laughs> so keep that in mind that no threat is real and you can have relief right now. You don't have to buy into that. That's exactly the thing that's pushing this division forward is believing that there are real threats. Okay. And there's no way you can get it wrong. Even if the perception shows you, oh my God, that decision that I made to spend my money on this, let's say, now I don't have money for rent. Nope, that's not the case. That's not how it works. It looks like that, but you actually, there's no past. You can't get it wrong. You never did anything to screw up. What you're perceiving now is chaos, and all it's asking for is your forgiveness. So, hooray, everyone. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Thank you.